We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com. This is the LakersNation.com podcast. Kind of a bonus episode. Wouldn't normally be doing a show for the weekend here, but got a lot to break down coming out of preseason, and we've got a lot planned for next week when we take a look at the Lakers rotation. We take a look at the schedule ahead. By the way, that video, we're going to look at the upcoming week. We're going to do that for the all-star tier of our YouTube channel membership. So those that I'm probably going to record it Sunday and then that'll come out. Um, so be on the lookout for that. If you're in that all-star tier for the membership, if you haven't joined our YouTube channel membership, check it out, check that join button down below or use the link in the description. But given that we've got a lot coming up here, um, a lot to prepare for with the Lakers taking on the Denver Nuggets on Tuesday, I wanted to do a full breakdown of the preseason. What have we seen that's good? What have we seen that's bad? Where? How should we feel about this team going into the regular season? I also have a few fan questions and comments coming in, some super chats to get to from our live show last night after Lakers versus Suns. So I'll put those in at the end of this episode as well. So a lot of stuff to dive into before I do. Quick reminder, if you haven't done so yet, make sure you are subscribing to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel and then over on the podcast side, Apple Podcasts, great way to support us and help out the show. Just give us that five-star rating and review, five-star rating over on Spotify. All right, let's get into it. Our Lakers preseason takeaways. And I'll just preface all of this with, with this. You know, it was... I was not super thrilled after the game against the Phoenix Suns. It felt like a bit of a letdown, and maybe I had built up that game too much. I was expecting this to be the full-strength Lakers, with the exception of Jared Vanderbilt, which, by the way, we are, as I'm recording this, we are still waiting word on Jared Vanderbilt and as well as Jalen Huchifino to find out whether or not they're going to be available. On, on Tuesday, we're going to be uh, waiting for an update from the Lakers. They're supposed to get reevaluated today. So as of right now, don't know, but we thought it was going to be full strength Lakers against full strength Phoenix Suns, more or less. That was the expectation. And then we found out from the Lakers side, no Jared Vanderbilt, no Gabe Vincent, no Jalen Huchifino, which actually wound up being a really big deal. And then from the Suns side, no Devin Booker, no Bradley Beal. So that whole plan of getting to really get a sense of where the Lakers are at, well, it was out the window before the game even started. But 
I, I wasn't in the best mood after that game. Wasn't thrilled with what we had seen, particularly the effort level from the bench and just how sloppy everything was. Some of it certainly explainable because the Lakers were playing for the bulk of the second half without anybody who had any real experience initiating an NBA offense. And that was very, very obvious when it was point cam reddish out there on the floor. It got pretty rough, as you would expect. Um, so that kind of, well, you finished preseason with a dud, and I wasn't super thrilled with that. And I wonder if, even with me, recency bias kind of creeps in a little bit. You're left with kind of a sour taste in your mouth following that game, and you let that creep into your overall impression of the preseason and what, what we really take away from this. So that's what I want to do today is kind of take another step back and take a look at the preseason as a whole, not just this one game against the Suns, which again, given the final score, even some of the good stuff that happened earlier in the game, we can tend to erase because you get frustrated with that. And you see Suns fans on social media and stuff like that, you know, crowing and, and all of that. And so you can be frustrated from that. So what I want to do is just take a step back and look at the entire preseason. What was good? What was bad? And fortunately, I think there's a lot more good than bad, despite the record two and four in preseason, which by the way, six preseason games is it's, it's too many, but two and four in preseason, you look at the record, but you got to remember the wins and losses, they don't matter in preseason. That's not really what it's about, especially when we look at the context of the way the Lakers played these preseason games. So let's get into it. Let's get into what's what's been good from the Lakers. What are our positive takeaways? And I think one of the good things is the offense, the five-out offense. Now, the Lakers went through a stretch last night against the Suns where they just couldn't put the ball in the basket. And the YMCA rims, if you heard the, the sound of those rims in Palm Springs, it sounded like you're playing a game down at the Y. Um, it, the ball just it kept rimming out. It kept coming up short. And the Lakers, for most of preseason, they've been shooting the hell out of the ball. They've shot extremely well. They've generated a lot of good looks. And I thought they continued to generate good looks against the Suns. They just didn't drop. But again, when we take a step back and we look at preseason in its entirety, I think the Lakers offense, particularly when they're playing their guys, and that's the, the most important thing here. When the Lakers have played their guys, they've looked pretty darn good. They've, they've looked really good. And this offense, I think, has looked better than I expected. The spacing that we're seeing, the guys who are able to convert from three. Austin Reeves has continued to hit from behind the arc. D'Angelo Russell's been hitting. You've got Torian Prince who shot the ball well. Anthony Davis, who we're going to talk about in a minute, has even started getting in on the act. So the floor spacing, I think the floor spacing this season for the Lakers, it's going to look better than we have ever seen with LeBron James. LeBron is going to have more space than he has seen since he put on a purple and gold uniform because of the way the Lakers are spacing the floor with this five-out offense. And my goodness, if Christian Wood can get some threes to drop, that would certainly help as well. They have Not everybody is in this crazy shooting streak. Some guys are in a slump, including Christian Wood. So that's something to look at too. It's, is this sustainable? Well, they may not shoot, you know, 60 plus percent from three all season long. That's not going to happen. But I do think this team is going to create a lot of space for Anthony Davis, for LeBron, for D'Angelo Russell, for Austin Reeves, for all the other guys. There's going to be a lot of space because of this five out offense and the shooting that this team now offers. So I'm really excited about the offense. Again, you take a step back, you look at the entire preseason and you focus in on the moments where it was the guys who are going to be getting regular season minutes. I'm not talking about when it's Jalen hood Shafino out there with the South Bay Lakers. No, we're not worried about that because that's not what we're going to see in a regular season game. If we see that in a regular season game, something has gone horribly wrong or horribly right. Cause you're up by a ton, but in any event, 
you're not going to see that. We focus in on the moments when the real, re, the real regular season rotation guys are on the floor. Yeah, I think the Lakers offense has looked pretty darn good in preseason. Now, D'Angelo Russell, I know people are going to make jokes about it, but the D, it's for defense. It's for defense, people. Defense, that's the word. D'Angelo Russell has been playing defense, and I think this is a fantastic thing for the Lakers. Um, he is, and for D'Lo himself, who obviously contractually has a lot on the line here. He has a player option for this coming summer, but uh, D'Angelo Russell, uh, his defense, the way he's been picking up, not that he's suddenly an all-world defender, not that suddenly he's a Drew Holiday-level stopper or Alex Caruso-level pest on the perimeter. That's not what we're going to see, but he has been way more engaged defensively than we've seen at any point in his career. He's been getting into passing lanes. He's been using that 6'10 wingspan to get steals, to poke the ball free. He's been putting the extra effort, been blocking shots. Again, I'm not expecting him to be this crazy plus defender. But as D'Lo himself talked about, if he can just not be a liability out there, that'll actually help the Lakers quite a bit. So I've been really impressed. Look, D'Angelo Russell's offensive game has been very good. He's been taking advantage of the space that's been created. I liked what we've seen from him all preseason all over the floor. But it's the defense, like the offensive stuff, we knew he had that. We knew he had that in his bag. The defensive stuff, though, we've never seen this from D'Angelo Russell, not to this level before. And so fingers crossed, hopefully this is something that continues for D'Lo because this is a big, big positive. As he says, his goal is to not get played off the floor. If that's the case, if teams just can't target him on defense, play after play after play anymore, that's a big deal for this Lakers team, particularly a Lakers team that's going to be looking to start Torian Prince. And Torian Prince, he's a fine defender. He's not a Jared Vanderbilt-level defender, though. So you're not going to have Vando out there on the floor with D'Lo to potentially take over that matchup and scram D'Lo out of there if a guy really gets going. The Lakers can still make some adjustments, of course, but D'Angelo Russell being able to hold his own defensively would be a big, big thing for this team. All right, the other... Another positive, Jackson Hayes. Well, I didn't know what to expect from him coming into the season, but he's been excellent. I've really enjoyed what we've seen from Jackson Hayes. The energy, I think you could argue that he has outplayed Christian Wood, which is certainly not what we would have expected. We would have expected Christian Wood to seize control of the bulk of those backup center minutes and maybe some power forward minutes as well, and Jackson Hayes to become the afterthought. But Jackson Hayes is doing more to make himself indispensable than Christian Wood is. He's become a lob threat. He's been excellent in the pick and roll. We're seeing him provide energy, provide effort out there on the floor. Now, again, this is his MO, that he starts seasons hot, and then he cools off as the season goes on. And that energy, that effort, that athleticism, it all starts to wane as the season continues. So it's certainly something to keep an eye on. But Jackson Hayes has been a bright spot for the Lakers. And if he can give them that energy, that bounce off the bench and become that frequent lob target, D'Angelo Russell, a number of Lakers seem to love throwing lobs to Jackson Hayes. He's going to provide plenty of highlights this season on both ends of the floor. He's also a great weak side shot blocker to come flying in and use those springs that he has for legs. So I am really excited about Jackson Hayes. I hope this continues for him because that athleticism, not only can it help the Lakers win basketball games, but it's going to provide us, let's face it, with some fantastic highlight reel moments if he can continue doing what he's been doing. Uh, Anthony Davis as a three-point shooter. This is another really important development for this Lakers team. His ability to take and consistently make 
three-point shots has been absolutely critical. We didn't see it in the past few seasons. He was taking and making them in the 2019-2020 season, but Anthony Davis in preseason, it seems like the shot is back. It's not just that he's making the shots, but we're seeing him take the shots with confidence, and that is really, really important to get into that five-out offense, to the spacing that we're seeing. It's also important for Anthony Davis's game. You know, that's part of his, he's great scoring at the rim, but part of his game that has has fallen by the wayside is the ability to burn teams from the perimeter. And that was one of the, you know, we called Anthony Davis a unicorn because not just can he do everything on defense. And by the way, I think defensive player of the year, I put it up here on the screen, defensive player of the year should very much be a target and a very realistic target for Anthony Davis if, and this is always the if with him, if he can stay healthy, Anthony Davis, you can argue if every player in the NBA is totally healthy, Anthony Davis is the best defensive player in the NBA. I think we saw it when he, I mean, it was not close when he went against Jaron Jackson Jr., the reigning defensive player of the year in the postseason. AD was on a different level. And I think we can see that he blocked Yusuf Nurkic into oblivion um, against the Suns. Nurkic, Nurkic should probably have nightmares about AD. AD had five blocks in the first eight minutes of the game, finished the game with six blocks. He is a phenomenal defensive player, but the versatility on the offensive end was always that not only is he really good scoring at the rim because he's got crazy long arms and he's athletic for a guy his size and he's got some decent touch, but he also can step out and shoot the jumper. So if you are going to try to push him out of the paint, he can burn you there. If you step out on him and you try to deny the jumper, he can put the ball on the floor and get to the rim and finish. So AD's ability to shoot that jumper again. Doesn't necessarily have to be the three. If he can hit the three, though, that's going to be great. Um, that will open up some things on offense for him, as well as for his Lakers teammates. If you have to defend Anthony Davis at the corner three, that's going to pull bigs away from the basket, and it's going to open things up even further. Again, I am, if you guys can't tell, I'm excited about this Lakers offense. I really think they've got something here, something that's going to be fun, something that's going to be exciting. Doesn't necessarily mean it's all going to work perfectly all season long, but Again, looking at the preseason in totality, when the guys who are actually going to play regular season minutes are out there on the floor, the Lakers offense, it's looked pretty good. And Anthony Davis has certainly been a big part of that. Now, again, I'm just kind of giving a cursory glance right now at some of the positives. There were some other things as well. I thought LeBron looked like he had his burst back. Some things that I'm not going to go super in-depth about. Austin Reeves continues to shoot the ball well. Doesn't look like he's too fatigued or worn out from playing with, with Team USA. Torian Prince, certainly a bright spot offensively as well. I've been really impressed with his ability to put the ball on the floor and attack closeouts and get to the rim. Had a great little pocket pass to Anthony Davis in a two-man game, which typically isn't something that you think of with Torian Prince. Did that against the Suns. You don't think of Torian Prince as being a guy who can really dish the ball, and that's not something you're going to see a lot, but he's got a little bit, a little bit more versatility to his game than a typical 3 and D style role player. So that's something that I think is important to note as well. I think Torian Prince, I wouldn't have predicted it heading into preseason, but I believe he has claimed the Lakers' starting job alongside LeBron, Anthony Davis, D'Angelo Russell, and Austin Reeves. I believe that job is now his, particularly with Jared Vanderbilt. Again, still dealing with injuries. So he has also been a bright spot for this Lakers team. But you know what? The biggest thing, the most important thing out of all of this, the most important positive for the Lakers, it's health. It's health. And I know we can say Jared Vanderbilt is already dealing with a heel issue. Again, still waiting on word on that. 
Jalen Hochefino is dealing with a, a knee issue. We've got Gabe Vincent has a back issue, which is why against the Suns, they didn't have any guards at once they benched D'Lo and Austin and LeBron. Wasn't anybody else to turn to. And so we wound up with point Cam Reddish. Um, but health, I think health has been, um, has been overall good in terms of LeBron James and Anthony Davis are healthy. And that, I think, was probably the most important thing out of the Suns game. That had to be the number one goal from that game was to come out healthy. So the Lakers' mission accomplished in that sense. And yes, Jared Vanderbilt dealing with the heel issue, but hopefully we'll get good news later today about his availability against the Denver Nuggets. And then Jalen Huchifino, I'm not worried there. I think he'll be okay. And then I'm really not worried about Gabe Vincent. I think he'll be just fine with this back issue. It sounds like they're just being careful with him and he will be good to go to be part of the Lakers' backcourt rotation. Again, he's a veteran. He's been around for a bit. He's 27, but uh, I'm not worried about him you know, getting up to speed or anything like that. So Gabe Vincent, I think he'll get healthy. Same thing with Vando. Otherwise, the Lakers, their main guys, they stayed pretty healthy over the course of the preseason. That's going to be, in this Western Conference, that's going to be so important. It is going to be an absolute dogfight. The, the Western Conference, it's going to be a super close race. And health is going to be a major factor, I think, in how the conference plays out, where the standings ultimately fall. The teams that stay healthy are going to be the teams that have a big, big advantage. So that is certainly something that we want to keep an eye on. Now, I was tempted to put depth in my positives, but it certainly didn't feel like depth was a positive for the Lakers. I mean, the, the Suns are not known as a deep team, and they looked way deeper than the Lakers. Now, again, part of that was the Lakers didn't have an initiator, but still, the Lakers bench was pretty disappointing. Uh, against Phoenix. I do think that when Darvin Ham mixes and matches guys and he's slotting Rui in with a couple of starters, when he's start, slotting Christian Wood in with a couple of starters, same thing with a few of these other guys, it's going to look a lot different. But the bench-heavy lineup, particularly without Vando, without Gabe Vincent, they did not look very good. And some of that was energy and effort, and I was not pleased with that. You guys heard me on the post-game show. I was not happy with the effort level that we saw from the bench players, particularly on the defensive end. The attention to detail was simply not there. So that's part of it. But this Lakers team is one that should have plenty of depth. And the final game against the Suns maybe threw some of that into question. For the bulk of the preseason, I thought anytime LeBron was out, Reeves was out, and you're plugging in a Gabe Vincent, a Rui Hachimura, you still looked like a very, very competent, if not good, NBA team. And so I think we found out kind of the limits of that depth, that if you're going to put out a lineup that is just your bench players with this Lakers group, you're probably being a little bit too optimistic. That's what we saw against Phoenix anyway, particularly if there's no Gabe Vincent, if there's no Jared Vanderbilt. Obviously, those guys are going to be important. If you're going to take some of these guys, though, and mix them in with starters, you can get starting caliber play. Still, you can, you can keep that going mixing in a few of these guys, but a bench only lineup. I think we learned that that particularly without Vincent and without Vando is probably not the best idea. So keep an eye. We'll be keeping an eye on their health status. But again, I still think this Lakers team is deep, but we did see that there are limitations to it. So it's a positive, but I think we found the limit of it uh, against the Phoenix Suns. All right. I want to pause right there and give a quick shout out to our sponsor. And that is Factor. Uh, the busy fall season is already in full swing. So if you're looking for wholesome, convenient meals for jammed packed days, 
Factor is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, and they can help you fill, fuel up fast for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. Uh, look, I am, especially this time of year, I am crazy busy, and I can tell you guys how super easy it is to just heat up a Factor meal, and they are really good. They're way... I am not a chef by any means. I can tell you guys that, but um, they're fantastic. Way better than anything I, I could certainly make. I've really enjoyed them. They're very, very good. And again, very quick and easy to make. And you feel like you're eating something that is not quick and easy. You feel like you're eating something that took a lot of time to prepare. You're getting that kind of quality without having to spend the time on it, which to me is critical. And if you're looking for a calorie conscious option during the season, you can try dietitian approved calorie smart meals that have around 550 calories or less per serving. So head to factormeals.com slash LakersNation50 and use code LakersNation50 to get 50% off. That's code LakersNation50 at factormeals.com slash LakersNation50 to get 50% off. Um, really, if you're busy like like me, it takes you like two minutes, two minutes to make one of these meals. It's absolutely fantastic. All right. I don't want to say bad. I didn't want to say the word bad, what's been bad from preseason. So instead, I stole a term from my teaching days. Needs refinement. Areas of refinement that we've learned about over the course of preseason with this Lakers team. Uh, the defense potentially could use some refinement. Some of this could be because of the constantly shifting lineups and how important it is that all five players on the floor are on the same page when we're talking defense. But nonetheless, the defense, you could argue, does need a little bit of refinement. We saw particularly against the Suns, but we've seen it throughout preseason. There have been moments where while the Lakers offense gets going and they're scoring really well, they haven't been the stingiest defense, which is an interesting shift because last year defense was what they hung their hat on. It was how they got the job done. Now, we should note that one of, in theory, their best defensive players, Jared Vanderbilt, has not been available for, for all but the first preseason game. So that probably has something to do with it. But nonetheless, despite D'Angelo Russell clearly upping his defensive efforts, Despite Anthony Davis playing extremely well defensively, as a team, they've just been so-so defensively from what we've seen in preseason. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. Once they have all their guys on the floor, is does their defense get back to where it was last year? And let's face it, too, when LeBron's been on the floor, you can see he's in preseason mode. You can see he's going at like 50%. You can see the wheels turning where he knows he should close out, and he goes, nah, it's preseason. It is preseason. It's the way it goes, right? I, the Lakers as a team looked like they were tired of playing preseason games uh, in their, their last game. So it's possible that it's just that because defense takes all the effort, all the focus, all the attention. That's not always an easy thing during preseason, but it's something to keep an eye on that could need some refinement. Now, not everybody agrees with this, but I think the, the defensive rebounding, I can't say for certain that it's a problem, but I felt like the Lakers were giving up too many offensive rebounds in two back-to-back -back games against the Bucs and then against the Suns. Again, we'll see when the Lakers have their full complement of players if that's something that continues. They were a pretty solid statistically defensive rebounding team last season. So my hope is that this is just a flash in the pan. Nonetheless, giving up offensive rebounds to your opponents, I talk about this a lot, it's something that sticks out, right? Like when Russell Westbrook hits the side of the backboard, it counts as a missed shot, just like a heavily contested 15-foot jumper as the shot clock is expiring. You miss that shot, 
it counts the same. It's an O for one, but Russ hitting the side of the backboard will stick out in your mind and you'll remember it to the point where we're still talking about it today. Whereas a player who's forced into a very difficult shot, the shot clock's winding down. We're going to forget it. We're going to, because we understand what, what happened there, right? Um, giving up an offensive rebound is a loud problem. It's a problem that sticks out in your memory because it's frustrating when you see your team do everything you need to get a stop and they force a miss and then the other team rebounds the ball. It's something that sticks out. It's a loud problem to have. If your problem is your uh, center that's on the baseline isn't calling out switches often enough and that's creating some issues, I guess that's a, a a literally loud problem. Your center isn't being loud enough, but it's not something that's going to stand out like a sore thumb when you're watching the game on TV. And that's what offensive rebounding is. It's a loud problem to have. So it's something we're going to notice when it happens. It happened against the Bucs, happened again against the Suns. Again, statistically, they were a pretty good defensive rebounding team preventing offensive rebounds last season. Something to keep an eye on this season, though. We didn't see the Lakers doing a great job boxing out over the course of preseason, and it popped up enough times where, again, I don't want to put it into a problem category per se, but it could be an area that needs refinement and certainly something to keep an eye on. Christian Wood, we're going to talk about in just a minute, um, certainly a guy that can help out there, Jackson Hayes as well, and maybe need to do a little bit more. Uh, you also need your wings to really step up there. So speaking of Christian Wood, man, I, I thought this was a very underwhelming preseason from Christian Wood for a guy that whose skill set makes a lot of sense on this Lakers team. I thought he focused, he did some good things out there. The rebounding, I thought it's okay. And in, in flashes, there were moments where you needed more, but you also saw moments where you thought, okay, this is what he can be here. But we didn't see the three point shooting. To my knowledge, he only made one, maybe two threes for the entire preseason, which was a big benefit of adding him. That's one of the big differentiators between Christian Wood and Jackson Hayes is Christian Wood can shoot threes. We just didn't really see it during preseason. So that's a little bit of a concern. He also, even compared to his Mavs days, frankly, I thought he looked a little bit slow. Um, looked maybe a little bit out of shape. And that's something that obviously can change. He didn't sign until late uh, in, into September. And so it's possible that maybe he just, you know, needs a little bit more time to play his way in, into shape and he'll look better in a month or something like that. But for a guy who Darvin Ham was pestering all summer about getting him to join and telling him you're going to have a big role. Did Jackson Hayes just outplay him? We'll see what happens when the regular season starts. But are we sure that big role is going to be there? I, I still think ultimately he will get going. He'll get on track. The shots will start, start falling and he'll figure out his spot. He, he looks a little bit uncomfortable in terms of exactly what his role is in the offense, particularly when Anthony Davis and LeBron James, those guys are on the floor. seems like he's a little uncomfortable knowing when and where his shots are coming from. And that's something that can be worked on and smoothed over throughout the year. But Christian Wood, I thought of, you know, aside from, I know a lot of people are frustrated with Jalen Huchifino, but as a rookie, I'm not too worried about him. I thought Christian Wood had probably the most underwhelming uh, preseason of any Lakers player. Hopefully that's something that, that turns around here. Again, JHS had his issues, but he's a 20-year-old rookie. I'm not going to worry too much about that because I don't think we're going to see a lot of him in the regular season, especially not in the early going. All right. Last thing I think that needs a little bit of refinement, grit and toughness. You know, somebody brought this up to me uh, recently. 
and said, who's the enforcer on this Lakers team? Like you go back to the championship team. Okay. You had Dwight, you had Markeith Morris. You had these guys that just inherently had this toughness and this physicality to them. Who's that guy on this team? I mean, off the jump, maybe it's LeBron. I mean, he's 250, 6'9". Maybe, but but that but he's a star. It can't that role can't really fall to him. AD can't really fall to him though. So who is that guy? Who's your who's your tough guy? Who's your enforcer on this team? He, who's your your Ron Artest slash Meta World Peace on this squad? Your Markeith Morris. Who's that guy that's going to provide that extra physicality? That's going to play like that. That's going to be the player that that you know nobody's going to want to mess with that you know nobody's going to want to mess with his teammates. Do they really have that? And then something can happen when you've got that guy in your team too. It bleeds into your team's mentality. It bleeds into your team's toughness, to their grit, to their personality. I don't know if the Lakers have that guy. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a fatal flaw or anything like that, but just something to keep an eye on. Do we see plays where there's a 50-50 ball and the Lakers aren't the team to win it? Do we see plays where the Lakers need to box out and they get pushed around? I hope not. I hope not. But I think it's a fair question to, to ask. Where does that grit and toughness come from? Can they really step it up on that end, despite not having that designated, say, tough guy on the squad? Something to watch for. Something to watch for. All right. I do want to finish up getting into some of our uh, fan questions and comments. These coming in from the LakersNation.com uh, postgame show. Um. Lakers Nation Live after Lakers versus Suns. Joseph said, I'm going to spend over $1,000. This is with a super chat. Complaining about the refs this season. Every time we have a run in the second quarter, the refs would let Phoenix creep in. A foul for them or a foul not called for us. Yeah, the Suns were able to hang around more than they should have. I thought the Lakers played great in the first quarter against the Suns. And uh, it still wound up being down because they just they went through a stretch where they couldn't hit shots. And then they got going in the second and the Suns kind of crept back in, hit a few threes. And next thing you know, it was a four point lead at halftime when it probably should have been like 10 to 15. Um, could have changed a lot of the game. But the, look, every season we go in knowing the refs are going to be, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. But referees also have a very difficult job. And I'm not saying I would be, any, I would be an awful referee. I'd be terrible. But we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Same time, it can be frustrating watching calls. But I mean, my, my biggest frustration is when we see uh, it go to replay when a call gets challenged and then they still get it wrong. And in, in my opinion, we've already seen that happen a few times in preseason. That's my biggest source of frustration. But I try to keep in mind how difficult of a job refereeing is and that everybody, all players, have to play through it. Uh, Brody said Reddish and Wood off the bench instead of Christian Hayes made our second unit look lethargic, in my opinion. Thoughts? I agree. I think Cam Reddish is making enough mistakes on the offensive end. It's a little clunky there that even though he's done some good things defensively, uh, and Christian Wood doesn't provide the same kind of energy and burst, I think Max Christie, when he's in a non-ball handling role, can be a solid piece for this Lakers team. So I, I think, look, Christie hasn't set the world on fire in preseason. He hasn't seized control of the backup two-guard gig like I thought he would in preseason. But I think right now, if you ask me, who would you rather have on the floor, Christian Hayes or Reddish and Wood? I'm going to say Christian Hayes. I think they played better in preseason. Uh, Robinson, or Rollinson, said Max Christie is a strictly two. Rui needs post-action. I agree with that. Max Christie is a two. Um, he's at his best when he's operating off ball. And Rui didn't get utilized a lot in the game against Phoenix, I think we will see him utilize a lot more. I think part of the problem against Phoenix was there was nobody to get Rui the ball. And he's kind of a guy that depends on, on that. Somebody getting him the ball and the Lakers just, they didn't have any initiators. AD is the real depoy. That's a great username. Said the bench's energy was terrible. Rui has to be better. I think Cam is better than Max. Okay, so he goes the other way. Thinks Cam's better than Max. Excited for the regular season. When can Ron and Sean come on the show again? Well, I just talked to Ron the other day. He will come on some shows. He was super busy this week, though. Sean does the post-post game show, um, so you can catch him right after Lakers Nation Live, after every single game. Um, so you can find him there. And then he usually jumps on on the in-between days as well when we do a show. So you'll still see him on the shows as well. But the uh, Cam being better than Max, I disagree, although I do think Cam Reddish has been pretty good defensively. Matt P, our preseason for this year started last year at the deadline. We're going to be okay. Top four seed by the end of the year. Matt, I love the optimism. I love the optimism. And this isn't even, I, I'm assuming Matt P is not Matt Peralta. Maybe it's his burner account, but if it is, then he's right on brand with the optimism. I like it. Uh, I love the optimism here. So uh, I agree. I agree. I think this team is going to have some built-in chemistry to start the regular season. Some tough tests early go in the early going against Denver against Phoenix. We'll see how the Lakers handle that. Uh, Legend said what Hayes can do better uh, to get quality playing time, or what can Hayes do better to get quality playing time? You know, I think he just has to keep doing what he's doing. He's he's doing exactly what you would expect him to do. I'd like to see him be a little bit more of a factor on the boards. There were a few moments where I thought it was a little lacking there, and I'm talking about not just the game against Phoenix, but the entirety of preseason. But I'm kind of nitpicking because overall, I think he has exceeded expectations and I've been really pleased with what we've seen out of Jackson Hayes. Uh, Ree says, Braun looks good starting off the season. How quick he goes up and down the court. It's amazing 
how much more athletic he looks when he's playing on two feet instead of one. Yes, I, I do think LeBron looks like he's got more burst. And especially when we know he's not really pushing down on the gas pedal right now. And Jerry, oh my goodness, Jerry, as much as I was praising Matt just a moment ago for the optimism, Lakers haven't been good in three years. Where were you like six months ago? They went to the Western Conference Finals. What are we talking about? They need to trade everything for picks. Do it like the Thunder. They have four future All-Stars and lots of picks. The like the Lakers right now are one of the favorites to make the finals. Maybe they're not the, the best, right? They're not the betting favorite to win the championship, but they're in that mix. They're in that mix of championship contending teams. You don't want them to tear it down? Jerry, I, get LeBron to the postseason healthy. Get AD to the postseason healthy, and I give him a chance against anybody. I understand they're not the prohibitive favorite to go win the whole thing right now, but they're in that mix of title teams. I don't think you tear things down with this team. Not right now. This were a couple of years ago when you've got Russ and AD and LeBron and then a bunch of veteran guys that are all way past their prime. Okay, then you can start talking, do we need to reevaluate this? But you look at the team they put together. This is, this is way too, especially after a preseason game. Let's pump the brakes. Way too early to start talking about tearing it down. All right. That's going to do it for me. Hey, but Lakers Nation, I do appreciate you. Give me your thoughts in the comments down below about the Lakers, their play in preseason. What are your takeaways from the entirety of preseason? What was good? What needs refinement, as I said? And then don't forget, we do have our YouTube membership program, which you can check out over on the YouTube channel. Hit that join button or check the link at the top of all of our videos in the description. Thank you again. Have a fantastic weekend. Fingers crossed. And we get some good news on Jared Vanderbilt. Gabe Benson, and Jalen Hood-Shafino. Till next time, everybody. See ya, and stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.